Hello, I'm Katie Piper, and welcome to my podcast, Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. Each episode, I'll meet an amazing person with an incredible story who faced adversity and came through the other side to inspire others. Mother Pucker, had to say that carefully, (laughs) slowly, a.k.a. Anna Whitehouse. She's joining me today in the studio, and I don't really know where to start. She's a writer, she's a broadcaster, columnist, advises the government, and has almost a quarter of a million followers across her social channels. She's also the founder of Flex Appeal, which is a campaign that pushes flexible working for all. So, um, funny thing is, I'm, I'm sat opposite uh, Mother Pucker, which is what I know you as. And Got to say it quite carefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially the doctor's surgery when they're like, so, so what do you do? I work on a blog. Oh, what's it called? Mother P- Pucker. Pucker. <laughs> well, I was even like really shocked to see your name, Anna Whitehouse, in print. And I was like, well, yeah, obviously she does have a name. Yeah. <laughs> you could tell I live my life on Instagram, basically. Oh, now. my God. I'm, I'm, I've become less lurker and more like active commenter now. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to. I was sort of lurking on the sidelines for a while, but now, yeah. I mean, I've been lurking in your profile for years, Katie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Really creepily, okay. <laughs> with the two eyes. You touched on explaining what you do at the doctors, and it's always something I dread on forms with a tiny box that says occupation. How do you describe what you do? Because you, you do so many different roles. Yeah, well, I think uh, the Americans call it a, a multi-hyphenate. Right. <laughs> I think the Brits call it a slashy, a little yeah. bit of this, a little bit of I that. I kept saying slasher, but that's <laughs> doing away, isn't it? <laughs> or, or, or murdering. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Having a waz or, or killing people. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm I, quite, I own that multi-hyphenate, really. Uh, writer, campaigner, uh, author, broadcaster. Uh, and I don't mean that in a kind of, um, wow, you do all these things. I do little bits of all those things that make up one mm. big whole. Uh, and I think that's, um, it's kind of owning the the whole the hyphenate. Yeah, and they all kind of complement one another as well, don't they? They're all in that similar vein. Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, I'm I'm allowed to talk about uh, our campaign Flex Appeal, which is around flexible working on the radio. Mm-hmm. So that amplifies that. Um, I'm wanging on on Instagram about the how difficult it is to um, work in a sort of childcare system that doesn't work mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they all kind of come together, and um, there's times where I'm just on Insta Stories trying on a really badly fitting Anne Summers um, corset, and uh, that's really I don't that don't think that comes in the hyphenate. <laughs> <laughs> so when you originally joined Instagram, I, I joined in 2012. When did you join? Oh, I think it was just before you, 2011. Right, okay. Yeah, I think 2011. What was your original kind of purpose? What did you use the platform for? Well, a friend of mine uh, said, oh, you should get on Instagram because it's um, it's quite a good place to meet people. I was a new mum. I didn't really know anyone. All my friends hadn't had kids. And they, she said it was um, like a little bit like net mums meets Tinder with fewer uh, willy pics. <laughs> And uh, so I was sort of like, okay. And I remember my first post was, um, I'd read this, I think it was Friday, you know, the Friday post, but it was on a Saturday. So, you know, you look back and you're like, I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) But I did meet some great people. It saved me having to sort of go into the playground and sort of sidle up to mums going, hey. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that was my original purpose was, I suppose, connection. Mm -hmm. And it grew and grew. I mean, you're one of the most you know when I became a mum I discovered you and you are one of the sort of most well-known 
bloggers on Instagram for mums and you know I recognize the name mother pucker everywhere I go everyone knows who you are there isn't a mum that doesn't know who you are basically I mean with <laughs> hopefully that, the government the government knows that's, <laughs> well, yeah. that's who we're getting to but with that is it huge responsibility in that you are accessible in a way that we wouldn't have been a long time ago. I think you've kind of touched on it in the past. We're in this world of instant connection and it can feel quite disconnected at times. I think that's the bit I struggle with the most is um, where I where Mother Pucker took off was when I quit my job Mm -hmm. and I'd been putting up really dodgy posts. Well, not willy pics or anything, but um, (laughs) I've been putting up really dodgy posts about, you know, flat lays and avocado toast. And I didn't really know what my purpose was there until um, I couldn't make my job work as a mother. Um, So I was a senior copywriter at the L'Oreal Group and Mm -hmm. they're great. I didn't leave because it wasn't worth it. Uh, They're great. (laughs) And I still work for them. You know, it certainly wasn't a case of like, you're a terrible employer. But my flexible working request was uh, denied because of a fear it would open the floodgates to everyone else Mm -hmm. and how many children did you have at this point I had one and was trying to get pregnant with a second and I'd had a few miscarriages around that and I just thought I need a little bit of flexibility so I'm not running like the gauntlet every day Mm -hmm. to try and pick up my daughter and I felt the stress of it all just wasn't working and it's a contradiction because when you're trying to get pregnant you're told not to get stressed and then you're like yeah (laughs) really stressed yeah absolutely the very Every act of it is so stressful. You know, I, yeah. don't, I don't mean the sex, but no. well, <laughs> it's quite stressful sometimes. But yeah. You know, whatever works. Uh, and I remember being, I remember the point where I quit was when um, I was sat on one of those tiny primary coloured chairs at nursery and told off for being 12 minutes late I think I would have cried I I, I, that was the point where I broke I broke down I was charged a pound a minute as well after six and I was like it's not me I'd said sorry 20 times on that journey and I was Mm. like it's not me I'm not sorry the system's broken and that was when I went from avocado toast to I quit today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the working world is set up for anyone with caring responsibilities, anyone living with disabilities, mm-hmm. anyone living with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? Anyone who just wants to live, and that's when I posted anger and mm-hmm. frustration. I had like 63 followers, <laughs> including... But that's my- still very brave. But it was... I think it was, I want to just say the things that are going on. Uh, and I think my auntie Janet unfollowed me at that point. <laughs> I much preferred the avocado toast. Um, so to answer your question, that's that's where it started. That's in terms of, and I anything that comes from Mother Pucker, or I'm sure you have the same online, any negativity, any uh, frustration, if I feel there's anything bad coming from it, I go back to that post. Mm. That was where I started. That was the anger and frustration that that allows everything else to just fall away because that needs, for me, I want that to be fixed for my daughters. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to have this big oak door slammed in their face when they come to have a child I want to make sure that I've maybe opened that even if just a little bit of light's coming in (laughs) so you became really passionate um and you became very honest because it's not easy for anyone but particularly women to talk about the reality of these kind of situations were you faced with people saying me too and supporting you or were you challenged what was the response yeah, I think while you and I have done uh, have very different points, I'm sure it was the same as when you started standing up and saying, hey, I'm here. Yeah. L- you know, and it's not uh, necessarily going, uh, you know, you all have to listen to me and do it my way. Mm-hmm. It's like you can, I've tried to become uh, almost, <laughs> translucent sounds really creepy, but mm-hmm. so that people could put themselves in 
my what I was saying. Mm-hmm. That was it. I wasn't speaking just from my experience. This was for as many people as I possibly could and it had to be inclusive. And so any criticism I've had, and I have had criticism, you know, that I am a privileged middle-class white woman. But that's um, not relevant to what you're trying to do. That doesn't matter, does it? But it is if I'm not opening the conversation up to shift workers, if I'm not opening the conversation up to those working zero hours. That, mm-hmm. And actually that was where it's it's not criticism, it's learning. And that took a while for me to work out because yeah. you feel a bit like, oh God, don't throw throw things at me but actually I've had some of my best insights and changes to flex appeal from my biggest critics mm-hmm. and they've now become friends right. oh, so, that's interesting so you've taken this campaign to the government you work alongside the government now is that right yes uh I mean they they probably would think differently I've been described like a thorn in the side uh, that's the a good thing though. which is a yeah. good thing and um, we work closely with them but I'm putting a post up today where their latest consultation around flexible working I'm criticizing it saying it doesn't go far enough but it's a step in the right direction so mm-hmm. um we work yeah yeah I wouldn't say alongside but um we're going in the same direction mm. uh, whilst challenging each other uh, right. which yeah is good and that's how you get anything done and, and get any change made is actually by being a thorn in somebody's side you know have you, have you been a th- who's, whose side have you been a thorn in <laughs> yeah I suppose quite a few people in terms of NHS medical people uh, lobbying campaigning for change in treatment um and you know it's a bit of an overused word now but beauty standards and perception and what we get used to regularly seeing and the judgments that we make and the opinions we have and I mean I in in that sector I have seen a change I mean in the last five years have you seen a change do you think in in the areas that you're campaigning I think uh the great and I'm sure you again we both kind of came into this world at a point where we had a point to make Mm. and we didn't feel that we were being heard or represented and uh, I think that's the great thing, regardless of all the weird willy picks that are slipping into my DMs. Um, <laughs> Do you get, I don't get any. Do you no, not? No. I had one only this morning. I just get people asking me for money and that's <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't know what I prefer. I, I, what you don't want is someone asking you for money while slipping the dick pic. Well, in. yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like, dangerous territory. Okay, it's bad territory. That's illegal. <laughs> um, but I think the change has been, whilst we're lobbying for governmental change, whilst mm. we're lobbying for employers to offer for flexible working by default instead of us like arguing it from an employee perspective uh, the change has been in the confidence of the women and men that we speak to so the confidence to ask for what's theirs to ask for flexible working yeah. to feel like oh no I'm I'm not I sh- we shouldn't have this owner and pet mentality you mm-hmm. know where simply an empl- you know the David and Goliath uh, sort of setup where you've got an employer just going Sit, sit at your seat and um, keep it warm for, you know, as long as you possibly can. I mean, yeah. that's not good for business. And I don't know about you before you sort of got into this world, but um, if you've ever been in an office where, you know, you have to be in at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, like, the difference between somebody comes in at, like, 8.59 a.m. Mm-hmm. Good employee. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Somebody comes in at 9.01 a.m. Bad employee. Mm-hmm. You know, and you start, you know, looking at codes of conduct and yeah. um, emails, uh, passive-aggressive or just aggressive emails from employers. And mm-hmm. you're like, nobody's looked at the human reasons before that. Leaves on the line, child screaming at nursery saying, mummy, don't go. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's looked at the anxiety of somebody not feeling they can get on the tube or somebody who's 
97-year-old grandmother is ill and they had to go via there to the office. No one looks at anything other than, okay, 8.59am, good, 9.01am, bad. It's like dehumanising somebody, it, isn't it? Like they don't have a life outside work or they're not entitled to a life outside work. It's exact, That's It's, it's dehumanising and infantilising. We're not children. Mm. Trust Katie. Yeah. Get, get, yeah. get on with her job. And she will let you know uh, if there's any issues around that. But why, I remember um, emailing my boss going into deep gynecological detail about why I had to leave to go to an appointment. That's crazy, you know, isn't you're it? Like, yeah. I, you know, I, mean, I, think, I think I might have... <laughs> yeah, and you're trying to justify You're trying to justify why. To. Yeah. why. That's a bit like an abusive relationship. It is, You shouldn't yeah. really be... It's weird, because I think until you have something life-changing, like giving birth, maybe being affected by some kind of disease or sickness, you don't really question, am I living to work, am I working to live what's the point of it all, you know, and actually making somebody else better off at the sacrifice of your own family, your own mental health. And it's funny, I mean, I'd be interested to know actually what you think about the saying of women can have it all. Because I don't like the saying because no, I don't think it's true. And if you pretend you have it all, it's everyone else is kept happy and then it's always you sort of drowning behind the scenes because you can't have it all. It's, it's so difficult. But you can have something. Mm. And that, I think, is uh, where we need to change the narrative is, mm-hmm. no, don't want it all. Uh, put that aside. But I do want something. Yeah. And just because I've had children doesn't mean that something whether it's a career, whether it is staying at home with your children, Mm -hmm. whatever your choice is, and I think choice is the key word, Mm -hmm. what is your choice? I'm not trying to shame people into going back to work after they've had kids, not at all. Whatever your choice is, but at the moment, my choice was to continue working and I couldn't make that work because of the current system so I think yes uh, we don't I don't want it all absolutely not (laughs) leave leave that to someone else yeah it sets you up for a fall I think do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. I never, ever take for granted that actually, usually, if there is something like sports day, because I'm freelance, I work for myself, I can book sports day off and I can attend it. Not always, because sometimes there are things that you can't cancel or rearrange. So sometimes I think, God, I'm so fortunate to be freelance. It's so much easier. I've got two children. But actually, sometimes it's even harder because you have to work really hard to get rebooked, to keep those clients happy. Sometimes you have to go above and beyond. You have to do a lot more socialising with people to keep your network. And it's not pretty, you can't predict it often yeah absolutely you know sometimes you know the early I'm sure you get this a lot less but sometimes you get called up the night before Mm because somebody's pulled out and you you know you need and it's a good slot and And you need to fill it yeah 
Yeah. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm 35, two kids. I'm a bit of a bore now. And after jobs, everyone wants to go for wine. Realistically, I can't think of anything worse. I need to get <laughs> home with no bra on, you know, watching telly and eating food. What are you watching at the moment? Well, I was... Um, oh, God, it's so trashy. I'm actually loving Gemma Collins' reality show because I like... The GC? Yeah. I like really mindless telly. That Did you I don't see the thing about Thrush? Yes. <laughs> I'm loving the Thrush. She scratched her crutch and she made is- someone smell her Thrush. Um, <laughs> It's a bit. What was the word? Not cl- not claggy. What were the word claggy is awful. Sorry, I can't remember what she said. Oh, it's but starchy. That was, was that it. The yeast. Yeah. Yeasty. Oh, it's a bit yeasty, isn't it? I was like, oh god, juicy. But I know it's not highbrow telly. But my daytime job is sometimes going to visit people in intensive care, trying to discuss grants to give to patients at the charity. You know, who's more deserving, whose injuries are more life changing, and it can be really heavy days. And you know, my reading list is often quite heavy books because people will give me books who I've worked with, who've gone through life-changing trauma. And I just don't want to continue that when I'm at home. You know, yeah. I just want to sit there and and not think and laugh and snort and, you know, chat to my husband and not bring all that sad stuff home to my home, you know? Yeah, no, I, and I think that's it. You need that um, that place, that mm-hmm. breathing space. Because uh, I think if you don't, especially in an online world where you can go home and then immediately connect back in with uh, the social world which is your job as well yeah yeah you so can't get you away can't from switch it. off no. yeah it's hard yeah <laughs> no um you've been really open about lots of things uh which have helped so many people and and you touched earlier at the start of the recording about um having miscarriages and when I was researching you I mean I have been stalking you for years as well so oh, I didn't meet mutually yeah. lurking <laughs> yeah I didn't really need to do much research but I know Whilst you are open about some things, your miscarriages weren't something you were able to talk about immediately, which is completely understandable. You know, how did you get to a place where you were able to share some of it to help people in a in a positive way? I think uh, I think it came down to where the two worlds kind of collided. Where um, and it's something. Um, trying to think, who was it off the one show? Uh, Alex Jones. Oh yeah. Alex Jones spoke about it uh, recently where she was miscarrying on a job mm-hmm. at work. and uh, Which is quite common for which women. Which is really common. Yeah. And that was the point where I just thought, actually, I'm talking about the human nature of business. Like, how are we humans mm. in this hulking, great kind of, I don't know, this hulking, great machine? We're just little cogs, but actually we need to remove ourselves from that and humanise it. And um, so it's what Alex Jones said, really, was... Uh, I was the same. I was miscarrying at my desk. Um, I was sort of 11 weeks and I didn't want to tell my employer for fear that they'd think I was trying. Yeah, because then, then you'd be out the door. Then yeah. I'd be out the door and all this kind of cycle of neuroses of my career being stunted came flooding in and I sat there just bleeding at my desk thinking, this is the only option. Um, and that was when I thought, actually, no man would go through this. Mm-hmm. So that's when I thought this is relevant to the conversation. Mm. This is relevant to flexible working. This is relevant to maternity discrimination because it's not always about once you've had the child, it's also trying to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other side of it was we try and bring, I've tried to bring lightness sometimes in the dark and it was um, an awful I would say comedy of terrors almost uh, where I was losing um, a baby when I was with my three-year-old at nursery and I was sort of at this 
nursery with all the noises and the and I was yeah. there and she was in the toilet with me and it was just this absolutely nightmarish setup and I didn't really know what to do and I was crying and um my three-year-old said mama why are you crying the black tears you know, you've oh got your mascara mascara is like running <laughs> down your face that day. I was sort of like oh uh, and I thought I've got to be honest like yeah I want to speak to her she knew I was pregnant mm-hmm. so I said you how know, many months were you then? uh so I was uh 18 weeks right okay so it was uh, a very difficult time mm-hmm. and uh, I said mummy's 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 lo- sometimes for no fault of uh, a mummy uh, a baby sometimes doesn't stay in and mm. she said oh, okay uh, can can the doctor put another one in oh, and I was like innocent. and they start questioning and I said um I'd have to talk to Papa about that. I don't think he'd be very happy with that. Yeah. Um, and then she kept going and she said, can the next one, uh, can the next one be black? Oh my and I was goodness, like, oh this is God, random. I don't really yeah. know where I'm going here. Like my yeah. friend Zion, I really like Zion. And, and the questioning kept going to the point where it was such innocent questioning yeah. and so uh, bonkers yeah. that I couldn't help but see a bit of lightness in that, in the honesty mm-hmm. of that exchange. And uh, I thought she'd forgotten about it until almost two weeks ago uh, when I was picking something up and she said, was that what happened when the baby fell out of your tummy? Because she knows like when so you... So that stayed in her and mind. Also, oh God, yeah. they're little adults trapped in small bodies. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, it, 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 it's not right for everyone, but um, it felt right in having that communication, opening it up and also linking it to work mm. and that we shouldn't be Alex Jones going to work whilst miscarrying. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be Anna Whitehouse sitting at her desk mm. miscarrying for fear it will affect her career in saying something. Um, And it's great with your daughter because you're installing from an early age that as women, we shouldn't dress things up and brush them under the carpet for other people's benefit to kind of appease them. You know, you're you're telling her the facts of what's happening. You know, I had the same in my house. My daughter will talk to me about my appearance and she'll ask me how it happened. And I will let her lead the conversation and I will say, well, I was burnt when I was younger and then I leave it at that. And then as she says, how are you burnt? I always say, well, I was attacked. And some people do do evil things in the world. But there's not many people like that, you know. And, and how, does she ta- how does she take it? She's like your daughter. She carries on asking, yeah. you know. And, so, and in the end, it's a comedy fest because she's like, she's like, well, what's all those lumps and wrinkles around your eyes? I was like, well, there is... Mummy, why are you so fat as well? Yeah. Just at the end of it, you know, Literally, you're through so it. And you're funny. like, oh, God. And I'm like, well, it's scars, it's skin grafts, it's a bit of ageing. She's like, oh, it looks awful. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, well, no, it doesn't. It's your opinion. No, no, it does. It looks really bad. <laughs> and, and in the end, it is quite funny, but it's an open, honest conversation because, you know, I don't want her to find the truth out when she's nine from somebody else who doesn't know the facts, you know, and I don't want her to feel like she was patronised or kept in the dark. Um, and it's real life, you know, but like you said, it's not for everybody. And it's your, it's your story. You're her mother. Mm. It is not, I think life is not something to, like you say, sweep under the carpet. When yeah. you go to work, I think this is the this thing we talk about a lot. When Katie Piper goes to work, you bring your whole self to work. Mm-hmm. There isn't one side of who you are that mm. I don't feel in everything I've seen you do that doesn't come across as you, the whole you. There's no hiding from anything. If anything, uh, you've given a space, like I said earlier, I don't know whether the transparent um, example is the right thing, but you've given a place for other people to put themselves. And I can imagine that when you were asking earlier, the weight of that Mm -hmm. can 
become quite a lot, which is why you need yeah. Gemma Collins. Yeah, and exactly. A, and a thrushy yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's so true. No, it but is true. It is yeah. the light and the dark. And I yeah. think um, if, if you can stand up and speak, mm. it gives other people confidence, I think, to do the same and have those conversations with their Mm. children as well yeah no I, I think there's such an old-fashioned culture of dumbing yourself down for people or dumbing situations down. I mean it's like a British saying of you know oh, I'm fine when when everything's absolutely catastrophic you know it's it's a weird but I suppose everything you're doing is about saying actually the reality of it you know I remember I was quite naive when I had my first child and I was freelance when I had my first child and you know my sister has a one child and two stepchildren and she's employed and you know I, we looked at nurseries and it's like it's not even worth going back to work for some people no you pay and, to go back to work yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's insane and then the guilt of you know when I go to work I always feel guilty and then in the past I would financially justify it to myself oh well I'm earning good money so even though I'm missing this it's okay and then if I was doing stuff for charity and voluntary I was like oh well I'm not earning money so it's okay but this is fulfillment and I want them the girls to do this when they grow up and the end it's like I don't have to justify any of it. It doesn't matter if I'm getting paid a pound or thousands of pounds. I'm going to work because that's what I've chosen to do. Yeah. You know? And it was like, I'm never present anywhere. I'm never present at home. I'm never present at work because I'm in this weird cycle. Um, and when I saw about your campaign and what you were doing, I was like, brilliant, because it's bloody brave to stand there and say all this stuff that before you, no one's really said it. You're the first person. Well, it's exactly what you've just said, is that our work and lives should ebb and flow. Mm. I don't feel like, you know, and, if, and I'm not saying don't work nine to five. A lot of people have criticised me saying, but I blimmin' love nine to five. I want Great. the structure. Great, that's yeah. your choice. But it might not work like it didn't for me. I needed to come in 15 minutes earlier and leave 15 minutes earlier. And that was a no. Mm. And that would have changed my life it would have changed my working life it would have changed my child's life and that's not much so I think it's um and it's trying to get away from this being a female issue mm -hmm. I think that's the the thing the women should have it all the mm. women are the ones that need flexibility no we need flexibility well, yeah there's People men missing out on their children's you know those vital years those baby years and they're missing out on all these great moments and they want to parent like mm. my husband you know wipes as much baby ass as I do you <laughs> oh, know does he? Like, that's good he does that's just good. to yeah. get it on get it on yeah. her file there yeah. Um, yeah he does and I heard the other day from a guy who said um, I asked to go and pick up my daughter from nursery uh, a couple of days a week and my boss's response was well can't your missus do that oh that infuriates me and so he much. was like well when you know her boss pays uh, well when you pay me as much as her boss pays her then we can talk that's brave of him though yeah He's not I mean it's nothing to do with ego. money it yeah. shouldn't be about money but ultimately it was interesting you know the these are this archaic layer at the top that's stopping stopping people from working in a way that mm. isn't just good for humans but is good for business that's the bit the UK economy would be like 156 million pounds richer if all businesses came on board with flexible working. Mm -hmm. I'm not campaigning for people. Mm -hmm. I'm campaigning for businesses. Yeah. And that's the bit that often gets missed. They're like, oh, what's this mummy doing shouting it, on the yeah, streets, going to government? It's and so much more than that. It's No, it's for you. It, yeah. I want you to earn more money and I want you to have a more productive workforce. That's why I'm doing it. And mm. that's... Um, what we're trying to do and I think coming back to our daughters uh, 
I often go into Parliament. I'm often lobbying outside Parliament. I'm in big meetings with lots of grey suits, mm. and I bring my daughter along often, oh, even that's if uh, even if they haven't said it's okay. Yeah, she's part of me. She wants to know what's going on with the world. And How old is she now? She's six. Um, uh, does she behave? Then? Yeah, she yeah. loves it, and she loves asking questions <clears throat> afterwards. But I go in in like a you know floral monkey jumpsuit. Yeah, love whereas that. <laughs> five years ago when I started out, I felt. I should I should sort of suit up. Dress I should corporate, yeah. I should fit in. Mm-hmm. And actually again with what you've done that I think has inspired so many is no, this is me. I'm going to turn up as mm-hmm. me. I go to Parliament. I'm wearing the jumpsuit. Mm. This is who I am. And at that point, my daughter, when I was interviewing Helen Waitley, the MP who's brought the Flexible Working Bill to Parliament on, on our behalf, uh, my daughter was like, this, why are there so many boys here? And I was like, you see it from a six-year-old's perspective. Mm-hmm. There are lots of boys and Helen Whiteley and I were there sitting in the foyer in our kind of in floral regalia yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to her roses amongst many thorns. Um, but it's, it's it, yeah, I love seeing the world, as I'm sure you do, through a six-year-old's eyes because mm. they ask questions that we've become used to not questioning. Perhaps the questions we should be asking very loudly and, and often. For people that are listening to this um, and... You know, sometimes you listen to a podcast and you feel like the person's basically talking about you. It it speaks to you. This is you. And they're feeling empowered by your words. But they might possibly take the headphones out when it finishes and not act upon it. You know, you can you can want to make that break. You can want to make that next step. But it's hard. You know, what should those people do? How can they how can they break free from those chains? I think the two things are um, the first one this is not a mummy wants to see her more of her Weetabix smattered child issue mm, yeah <laughs> I no think one wants more of that no one wants, I don't want to be scraping that Weetabix off her table anymore I was anymore. doing that this morning but yeah. <laughs> empower your partners your husbands the, your brothers uh, the men in your life challenge your dad if um, he's at the top of an, a company that's pushing against flexible working empower yourself with information and change people's mindsets around you because it mm. starts there don't think it's down to one person to change the working world it's mm-hmm. down to all of us uh, if you see a woman coming back from maternity leave uh, buddy her up with somebody else who's returned from maternity leave mm-hmm. support each other if you are doing a maternity cover and and the boss there says oh yeah well you know would you like to stay question oh, the dreaded question thing. if um, if in that moment that woman who you've been covering for is being pushed out of the workforce mm-hmm. You know, we say women's, women supporting women over and over again. It, it means nothing on a T-shirt. It means something in that moment. Yeah. Um, and men supporting men. Uh, I think my, men's flexible working requests are twice as likely to be refused than women's. Yeah. Don't be the guy that says, can't your missus do that? Mm-hmm. Be the guy that says, yes, like... Stop saying the words man up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Just man, man, woman, parent. Yeah. I think using person. the word parent, person <laughs> yeah. uh, instead of woman, man. It's mm-hmm. like humans in the workforce. Uh, and I think it's about businesses um, seeing that this is about putting humans above business, but for business benefit. Mm. Stop seeing me as a thorn in your side and start seeing me as, I was going to say, fertiliser. <laughs> I don't want to be seen as fertilizer. I like that analogy. But yeah, I'm not the thorn. I'm the fertilizer. Yeah. Uh, help, help me help your business grow. That's it's, it. It's weird because for me, I mean, I guess it's different regional to London. But for me, the people I employ 
say through my charity, it, it makes sense for us not to have an office because that's a massive overhead. It makes sense for us to have people um, going to uh, members, clubs, meeting rooms, working from home, laptops, devices. Uh, we use a lot of video conference calling. We've all got kids. We all live in different areas. Uh, lots of people volunteer and they're trustees and they might be up north and don't want to come down south. So we have always worked like that, actually, because it's better for business, uh, less expenditure, and we, we communicate more regularly. It's, it's much more, you know, when we're having creative meetings, it's more inspiring and we're just all different people doing different things, particularly the people that are volunteers. They've got a whole separate career, so we've got to be sensitive to their time. So for me to pay a monthly fee for an office and make people traipse in on public transport every single day and be there is like suicide for the entire organisation. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, it really doesn't work. And uh, I think, you know, when they say the talk about the rat race. Yeah. Why do we want to be rats in that race? You can still run the race. You yeah. know, you just, just don't be the rat. Yeah. <laughs> no I, one wants to be the rat. <laughs> that's a good strap line. No one wants to be the rat. Don't be the rat. <laughs> so if we do want to support your campaign, yeah. I mean, we can go onto your Instagram and repost you. You can repost. Uh, you can sign the Equality and Human Rights Commission's Working Forward Pledge, which mm. we've aligned with. Um, so you can put... It's a charter to prevent maternity discrimination in the workforce, to promote flexible working for men and women, mm -hmm. and to encourage uh, an inclusive and diverse workforce. That's the focus of it. Okay. Loads of big companies have signed up, like Shell, uh, BT, BP, Brilliant. Ford. So this isn't a small, like a few small yeah. businesses have signed up. It's big news. Mm -hmm. um, that will then make send a very big message to the rest of your company that you're committed uh -huh. to change. Uh, follow us. We are campaigning with Helen Waitley, the MP. Right. So uh, any support you can give us around getting our 10-minute flexible working bill in through Parliament, that would be huge mm -hmm. for us. Um, and then in the interim, like I said, just keep the conversation going. Be and that let's, person. Let's talk yeah. about flex, baby. Yeah. <laughs> when, you're, when you're on the PAYE, yeah. let's talk about all the good things and the bad things of productivity. Oh, you've been amazing. Thank Thanks, you so Katie. much for coming on. You're crazy busy. You're going straight to your gig on a radio show, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, on heart. Yeah. No. We'll, we'll listen. I've got to listen to you in the car. <laughs> Tune on um, in. <laughs> but thank you so much for all your chat about uh, flexing, uh, grubby fannies and fertiliser. <laughs> it's been great. It's been emotional. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this, please help us spread the word. Rate and review the show where you got this or share on socials. I've been given some great advice in my life, so I wanted to share that with you in my new book, Things I Tell My Child. My book follows my journey into motherhood, but it also shares stories from my own mum and the experiences that she's had, the highs and the lows. This book was quite difficult for me to write in many ways, and my mum's comments were particularly emotional for me to read. But above all, I hope that you enjoy reading this very special book, Katie Piper, Things I Tell My Child. Life can be a bit of a handful. But what do you do? Let go or grab on to everything it has to offer. Ask yourself, do you back down when things get tough? Or confront them, breasts on? Do you give up or give it hell? Do you ignore your amazing boobs or fearlessly check them regularly? We thought so. This is grabbing life by the boobs. So grab regularly and check out any changes. It could save your life. Search Copperfield, grab life.